Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He is Lindsey Crosby. I am Ben Taylor. Regular season over. And guess what the Braves had? Not just the best record and all that kind of stuff. They got the best player in baseball. And we'll make this pitch right now. It ain't even close. Lindsey has all the numbers, and it is so impressive that even people in Europe are talking about it. <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, has finished with the league, like the league lead in runs, in hits, and stolen bases, in total bases. He is batting this season. He batted 337 with a 416 on base and a 1,012 OPS, 106 RBIs, 149 home runs, 73 stolen bases. He not only had the fifth 40-40 season in baseball history, he created the 40-70 club. Uh, and then he passed Otis Nixon for the team's single-season stolen base record. So in just about every metric, including war, Ronald yes. Acuna Jr. has been the best player in either the National League or all of baseball. And to me, as as big as the defensive versatility of Mookie Betts is, it's really hard to turn around and say that Ronald Acuna Jr. does not deserve the MVP for what he's done this season. Well, because, you know, one of the reasons being, Lindsay, is because there were people making that argument, as I've told you, I love to get online and chat with the people from that, that jump in uh, on those Facebook groups and they start telling me how bad the Braves are and how bad Ronald Acuna Jr. is, or at least how subpar he is compared to Mookie Betts. And I'm sitting there thinking, if you take away 73 steals, if he's hurt like he was a couple of years ago, the Braves are nowhere near where, as, as even though they were league leaders, he was the leader of the leaders, it, but except for Matt, Matt Olson. We'll get to him in a little bit because he yeah. had a pretty darn good year himself. But still, he was the league and team leader of all leaders. Yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr., I mean, I don't really know what else you could have asked for him to do. He cut his strikeout rate by more than half. I mean, he he was the catalyst that made this, this, this offense so good. And people wrote articles that, you know, we wrote, wrote in a Braves today, fan graphs, they wrote one about how the batters behind him get more hittable pitches because he's on base and you can't let him steal bases and how much a single and a stolen base would result in a run for the Braves. The Braves led all of baseball in first inning runs and, and like scoring in the first inning, all that kind of stuff. And it all comes back to Ronald Acuna Jr. And I have said this before, and I'll say it again. Stop telling me about bigger bases. They don't switch the bases out when Ronald gets on base, and then everybody else has to play with regular size bases from last year. They all have the same amount of size bases that they're playing with. And so Mookie gets to steal just like Ronald does. He just didn't have the opportunity, nor did he take the chances. Here's the biggest thing for me on the rule changes made it easier to steal bases argument. Like, nobody's denying that the rule changes made it easier to steal bases. Right. Stolen bases in 2023 were up about 41% from last year. If you take 41% of Ronald Acuna Jr.'s stolen bases away, he still has a 40-40 season, and he still stole more bases than anybody stole in their 40-40 season in baseball history. So it's not like he barely did this. Even if you normalize him back to last year's league average stolen base rate, uh, su success rate, he's still a 40-40 guy. And so to me, it's like, come on, this is this is not even, there. There's there's no real excuse you can make for why he was able to be so good other than he's incredibly good. That's it. 
And I've made the argument that I don't think it's so much the size of the bases that have led to what the, the numbers not. being up. It is got everything to do with those two engagements. Once the pitcher makes it over to first base, the runner is free to go whenever he wants. I mean, he can get the lead that he wants. He can take off what he wants. Now, is Matt Olson going to take off after he gets two you know, engagements over there? Probably not. Travis Darno, probably not. But Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, you know, Money Mike, they're all going to use that to their advantage, and they're going to take second and take third. If a pitcher's going to go over there and throw over twice, then they're done. Yeah, it's the disengagements. It's the pitch clock as well. Um, we saw this in the minors. Everything that's been done in the majors was tested in the minors the year before, and we Correct. saw this in the minors where because of the pitch clock, guys can better time up when pitchers are going to go. That's why you see so many pitchers now pitching with five or six seconds left on the clock because they know if it runs down to two or to one, then the, the the runner can time up their release and can get an extra jump on stealing the base. Like, it's, he's just really good, and you have to admit that. <laughs> like, that's, that's yeah. all it is. You have to just admit exactly. he's a really good player. That's it. We've been on him as far as Braves today and as far as the Discord and all that kind of stuff, how much we love him. Honky Tonkin doing his job in the ninth, giving up those runs to give Ozuna a chance to tie the Major League Baseball record in home runs on the final game of the season. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's the way Michael Tonkin <laughs> wanted his final outing to go, but it worked out for Atlanta. They got a chance to come back out. They got number 307, and it feels like maybe it's because we, we were looking for it, but it feels like this weekend, this series against the Nationals, they had probably four or five balls that hit the very top of the wall and didn't go out. Uh, but Atlanta ties the 2019 Minnesota Twins, 307. Again, that was a year where MLB introduced balls that they call them the juiced balls, the balls that flew right. further. They were The cores were wound tighter. Home run numbers were up across all of baseball. The number two team all time for home runs was the 2019 New York Yankees. They had 306. And so... Yeah. Atlanta finishes in a tie at 307 with the Twins. Uh, Eddie Rosario, who was on that 2019 Twins team, had a chance to set the record for Atlanta and didn't do it. People are asking if Eddie Rosario is a sleeper agent. I don't think he is, but <laughs> you got to ask the question because he could have given, given Atlanta the record and he came in just short. He was inches away from doing so. We go from batting and hitting to let's go to the strikeout king and Strider. And you could tell he looked frustrated whenever he got that number because he had such a bad first inning, but he settled. He ends up getting the win, which puts Atlanta at 20 wins. First team, uh, the only team to do so the last two years with a 20-game winner. Yeah, it was last year Kyle Wright had 21. Nobody else in, in MLB had even 20. Same thing this year. Spencer Schreider has 20. Nobody else is within two or three wins of him. And, I mean, Schreider talked about after the game, like, the accolades are great. He's here to win the game. And so he was frustrated about those those runs. A similar situation we saw with Dylan Dodd on Sunday, where he comes out, they jumped on him early, and then he settled in and kind of cruised from that point on. Uh, definitely something where you hope Strider's going to work it out. Either way, it was a great uh, victory over John Smoltz's record. He was a lot more efficient with the strikeouts than John Smoltz was. Uh, he led the league, I think it was 13.6 strikeouts per nine innings. It's the second highest mark for a full season in the last couple years. I think it was Garrett Cole's 2019 or 2018 was the only year with a more efficient strikeout number than Spencer Strider's this year. So incredibly dominant in just about every possible aspect. And the way that the Braves are approaching this upcoming week, 
they're they're approaching it like Spencer Strider is going to be the game one starter for the NLDS mm-hmm. this Saturday. Yeah, they uh, they actually are going to play some inter-squad games uh, in the coming week, and it was even quoted by Snedeker saying that they were going to pick it up a little bit and uh, not necessarily do what they did last year and give them too much rest. Not that they want to get them tired. It's not They're not going to be stealing bases and all that. Inter-squad's a whole lot different in Major League Baseball, but I will say this. I do like the, the thought process of kind of keeping them fresh. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard them say in the broadcast that come Tuesday, Max Fried's actually going to throw a start uh, as far as an inter-squad game is concerned. Yeah, Freed is throwing on Tuesday, Bryce Elder tentatively throwing on Wednesday, and that would line Freed up to have one extra day of rest to start game two of the NLDS, mm-hmm. and then Elder would be in line to start game three with you, the ability to go back to Strider and then Freed on regular rest for four and five if you need to. Um, you can actually, fans can go to these games. We wrote it up at bravestoday.com. Mm. They are allowing, it's free admission to get into these games. They'll all begin at 5 p.m. local time, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They really, they called them postseason workouts, but they're treating them like full-on inter-squad games. So, concessions will be open. Parking is free. You just have to go online and reserve a ticket. Again, bravestoday.com has the article up. All the details you need to know on how to go to these postseason workouts. Very cool stuff. Uh, move back to the plate. Olsen finishes MLB leader in home runs, RBIs, also the best in both categories in franchise history as well. Yeah, it's it's Matt Olsen had a really amazing year, and I yeah. don't necessarily know what is more surprising. We're going to do a, a fun little game on that in, in just a minute. But to me, it was moving him back in the order, going from that number two hole, moving back in the order. You could see him really get a lot more comfortable. You could see him getting better pitches to hit. And he really just produced like we thought he could early in the year and like we thought he could last year. Uh, Earlier this year, you asked me who finished the year with more strikeouts, Spencer Strider or Matt Olson. I can say it was Spencer Strider and it wasn't that close, thankfully. Uh, Matt Olson, once he moved back in the order, his strikeout rate dropped to less than one a game. And so he finished with more more games played than strikeouts, and I, that was a question that I had earlier in the year. So I'm really glad to see that from Matt Olson. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, three guys with 40-plus home runs, and of course the team slugging percentage, 501. That is the highest in not franchise history, not National League history, in Major League Baseball history. Which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, 501 slugging percentage. First time that has ever happened. A team has been over 500. And fun fact on that, Atlanta, like we, going into the ninth inning on Sunday, if they went 0 for 3 in the ninth inning, it would have dropped down to 499. Oh. But because, because Marcelo Zuna hit his 40th home run, it bumped the team up to a 501 slugging for the season. And so... I mean, like, like, think about how ridiculous that is. This year, less than 20 players across all of baseball finished with a slugging percentage of, five, of 500 or better. The Braves, as a team, did it and had four guys themselves over 500. I want to play a fun little thing for you here. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how many home runs each Atlanta Braves player hit, and I want you to tell me what is the most surprising of these numbers. Okay. Uh, okay. So, from the from from the top, Matt Olson, fifty four, led. Not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr., forty one. Marcelo Zuna, forty. Austin Riley, thirty seven. Ozzy Albies, thirty three. Sean Murphy hit twenty one, 
Eddie Rosario hit 21. So that's actually seven players with more than 20. Michael Harris hit 18. Orlando Arcia hit 17. Travis Darno hit 11. So you had 10 different players in double digits. Yep. Kevin Pillar hit nine. Sam Hilliard hit three. Nicky Lopez hit one. And Forrest Wall hit one. What is the most surprising of those home run numbers to you? I'm going to give you a couple of different names because I'd already, already thought about this a little bit. Number one okay. is going to be Ozzy Albies. And that's because of recency bias because he was out so long. I honestly never would have thought he would have gotten to that number. I, 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 if you'd have said 30, I'd have said no chance. The fact that it was 33, that was kind of a shocker to me. The other two are going to be, because I've got two of them. Since we got three guys over uh, with 40-plus, I'm going to give you three guys that I think should not be where they are. The other one is going to be Marcel Ozuna. And the reason being is because he hit like .029 in the first half of the season, it felt like. So the fact that he <laughs> got to 40 is just absolutely shocking to me. And yeah, then he, the other one is He probably, finished the month of May at a .081 batting average. And then from there made it all the way to where he finished the year with a 274, 40 home runs, 100 RBIs. Deserves, like, that's a comeback player of the year just from what he did in April to now. Anyway, In season. He's the comeback player. In season. In season. Not not the guy from last year that came back. In season comeback player of the year from the month of May. And then the last one probably has to be Sean Murphy. And the reason I say that is because I don't feel like he's done anything in the second half of the season. Sean Murphy has has struggled a lot in the second half. So is Travis Darno. The fact that yeah. they combined for 32 is amazing production from the catcher spot. No team came close to that, I, I feel right. like. But for me, the surprising one is Austin Riley. It's one game away from his career high. He had 38 last year in 159 games. So he was he only played 158 this year. So one game short, obviously, that was the problem. Uh, but <laughs> if you look at where he was at the All-Star break, right? He had a rough first half. He was voted to be an all-star, but after the first 89 games, which is where what they call the first half, because that's when the all-star break is, right. he was batting 266 with a 448 slugging percentage. And in the second half, he batted 299 over wow. those 69 games with a 601 slug to finish with 37 home runs. And the big thing that I think has been lost in the Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, Spencer Strider talk. Austin Riley has improved his batting average every single month. He finished the month of uh, of April with a 253. He just finished the month of, of, of September with a 296 for the month. It got better every single month of the year. He went from wow. a 253, it improved every single month, all the way up to 296. He's arguably hitting the ball as well as he has in any single month as you enter the postseason. And that's exactly what you want from the guy batting third in your order and the guy who's going to be crucial at driving in Ronald Acuna Jr. to help you get these early leads in the postseason. Yeah, you got a lot of guys trending in the right direction. I'm telling you, you and I have talked about it. The only guys not trending in the right direction are the two catchers. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else is headed in the right direction. Uh, RC has been kind of solid the entire time. Rosario, Money Mike, maybe a little dip here towards the end of the season, but he also may have had his legs kind of taken out from under him. He's played just about every single day, so maybe he'll do good to get a little bit of rest because I'd love to see him, uh, you know, when the when when the postseason comes along, 
him batting from the left side, I'd like to get him in the habit of trying to go the other way, just get on first and use him like another leadoff hitter from the bottom of that lineup. This is the longest season of his career as far as actual games played. Mm -hmm. He's played 137 games this year. But what's really interesting here is against left, like against righties. That's the thing that you think, okay, we need Michael Harris to be that righty hitting guy because we have so many lefty, like so many guys who hit lefties. Against righties, he's batting 291 this year. Against lefties, he's batting 296. Like he's doing just as good against lefties as righties. Now there is a discrepancy. A lot of his lefty production comes against the relievers. He's only batting Mm -hmm. 242 against lefty starters. But still, it's the fact that he's batting. He finished the year batting 292 with 18 home runs. uh, And he's able to hit both lefties and righties really does a lot of work. They've moved him around a lot late in the season. They've, They've bumped him up to he's batted sixth and things like that. Yeah. And. I, it, I like the idea of him batting ninth, of him being that last leadoff spot, and he batted over 300 in that number nine hole. Yep. But I feel like you can really put him kind of anywhere, and he's going to be able to produce. And so I expect, I think this last month of the season, this is all speculation, but right. I feel like this was snit tinkering with the lineup as much as you're going to see the Braves do. The Braves don't platoon guys. This is, for yep. the most part, other than left field, this is your lineup. But... We've seen him move Michael Harris up and down the lineup depending on who they're facing as far as a lefty or a righty, distributing some of the handedness. I feel like going from the comments from Alex Anthopoulos on the broadcast on Sunday, I think you're going to see more of that in the postseason, and Michael Harris is the wild card. Where is he going to play in the lineup based on who you're facing? So get ready for that. All of these great numbers. You said before we got on the pod, there was a couple of more things that we had to mention before we got out, that some some stuff oh, yeah. that you threw out to me and just absolutely shocked me because when I said, "Man, are we leading in like every category when it comes to the Braves?" and you said, "I have yes. those numbers." Yeah, <laughs> you said yes, okay. and here's here's where we lead. Okay, so at the end of the season, after 162 games, because everybody is done unless Miami plays one inning against the Mets on Monday. I'm not sure if they're going to do that or not, but the Atlanta Braves lead in runs. Ronald Acuna Jr. hits. Ronald Acuna Jr. Home runs, Matt Olson. RBIs, Matt Olson. Stolen bases, Ronald Acuna Jr. Total bases, Ronald Acuna Jr. Wins, Spencer Strider. And strikeouts, Spencer Strider. Since the RBI became an official stat, so 1920, no MLB team has had more than five of those eight categories that they were leading at the end of the season. This is the first time in history a team has taken all eight of those categories at the end of the regular season. If that kind of gives you an idea of the level of dominance of this Atlanta Braves team. And so you have to, obviously you're watching to see what happens. Phillies and Marlins this week, they're locked in, they're playing. You play the winner of that matchup. It's a best of five. Mm -hmm. Once you get past that, if you get past that, then you're into the best of seven NLCS, best of seven World Series best of three and best of five really scares me because it's such a short sample and luck is such a big part of baseball. So uh, I'm hoping that Atlanta gets the best possible draw, which if you count games before they clinched, Atlanta was nine and one against Miami this year. So we'll see who they get, but either way you get five games. You're supposed to have Max Fried and Spencer Strider for four of those five. We'll see what happens. Part of me wants the Marlins. 
part of me wants because of that NL East uncensored group that keeps preaching from Philadelphia makes me want <laughs> I want I want nothing to do with Philadelphia. I do not want Bryce Harper coming to bat in Truist Park until next year. Oh, I completely and agree with that now. I, I, nothing I will to say. Do, yeah. I, I, I want nothing say. to do with Philly. I'd rather play LA again in the NLDS than play Philly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd, I'd, I'd rather play LA. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. Hot takes from Lindsey Crosby. Man, great numbers. All great stuff. So we'll have more coming up this week as well. Check out all the articles. Lots of cool stuff coming up. Also, if you want to find that information of how you can go and you can watch the team practice this week in those inter-squad games, be sure to go to bravestoday.com or braves underscore today on the Twitter. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thank you.